You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. This is episode 115 of Retired Racehorse Radio on the Horse Radio Network, part of Equine Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products and Cashel Company. Retired Racehorse Radio is your guide to the adoption, care, and training of the retired racehorse, brought to you in cooperation with the Retired Racehorse Project and New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program. On today's show, we're chatting with HRN Auditor Melanie McCoskey on her recent experience with Cantor for a Cause. We connect with Thoroughbred Makeover competitor Chris Bennings about his 2022 Thoroughbred Makeover graduate, who is now a stallion in his breeding program. We wrap up with new vocations to bring you a training tip and our adoptable horse of the week. Stay tuned. And they're off on Retired Racehorse Radio, the podcast that is your guide to the adoption, care, and training of the retired racehorse. This is Joy Orr in Detroit, Michigan. And this is Kristen Kovach-Bentley in Jamestown, New York, and you're listening to Retired Racehorse Radio. It's like a let it snow, let it snow, let it snow vibe right now. <laughs> oh, yeah. I very much had my, like, I was like, well, we're recording on November 1st. So I was like, November yes. 1st, I'm allowed to listen to Christmas music. So that's uh, that's what I did today. Yes. Uh, one of my em- employees, because in my muggle job, I manage a, a team. They uh, they messaged me. They're like, size and Christmas. Good morning. And I'm like, that that sums it up. That's the energy right now. We're moving yep. into the, the seasonal change. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I did go to the barn this afternoon and I gave myself enough time. I was like, oh, I'll hop on Wes, you know, the my standard bread. Cause he's, he's been doing well with like multiple brief sessions, mm-hmm. you know, to just like, you know, try some of what Winnie's been telling us to do and like chunk everything down and be very patient. It's been going great. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, I'll like hop on him for 20 minutes and just do like a little bit of lateral work. And it was 35 degrees and blowing snow. And I was like, no, yeah. thank you. I will not be doing that today. I'm not acclimated. Yeah. Like Mm-mm. when I got well, acclimated, we went from like, like 80. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was literally like 75 degrees last week. Yeah. Last week. And we are now down to like 20s at night low 40s high 30s during the day and then oh fun fact uh later this week it's going to be in like the 50s low 60s again yeah like like, seasonal yeah so please make sure your horses are drinking water please (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah my guys do like knock wood they do pretty well um just sort of like taking care of themselves and this makes it sound like i just have them abandoned in a pasture somewhere and i don't but like, <laughs> i think because they're on you know 24 7 turnout with free mm-hmm. access to water and constant grazing and now we have a little supplemental hay out there like they fortunately seem to weather this kind of wild weather changes pretty well but yeah for sure folks Keep an eye on your guys this time. Yes. Yes. I have to say, seeing Astrid drink out of her water trough, I was just like, you go, girl. You stay hydrated. <laughs> right. You give them a little <laughs> cheer. You're like, yes, you're drinking. Yes. Well done. Do I do the same, you know, pep talk for myself? Absolutely not. I am probably always dehydrated, but at least I'm not going to probably call it like my words. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, and Astrid's got some new digs now, right? She's yes. uh, moved She's- up. She's gone to university, kind of. Um, so we have two barns in my barn family. There's kind of like the more homegrown barn. That's where I was at, which is very great. It's where most of our lesson kids are. Um, a lot of families keep their horses. A lot more like diversity as far as the types of horses there. A lot of 
trails, some just pasture ornaments, you know, a little bit of everything. You got Western English, all that. And uh, less of the show ass atmosphere there. And then I decided, you know, she did so well at her first show and she actually seemed to enjoy herself. Like I was distressed out one of the two, but she was like getting along with all her stall mates. She liked to walk around the property, just really took everything in. And I'm like, well, if you like these little adventure days, let's just, let's just press go and see what happens. So I took her up to our training barn, which has more of our eventing horses, a lot more of the competition horses and sales horses that are there. And so she's she's with the big dogs now. She's off in university. I'm going to learn from them and get more field trip days. And she's got winter to settle in, which is nice. I don't like to rush anything. Um, so we'll give her winter. And then starting next year, she's going to get to have some more fun days. But so far, she's pretty happy. Like, it's very uneventful. Um, she's got some of her old friends who were babies at the barn at the time when we first got there, who are now in school at her new barn. So they got to be pasture mates again. So that was a fun reunion. Although there's girl drama. She's treating who her best <laughs> friend is every Uh-oh. other day, it seems like. <laughs> you know, that's all part of the process. I guess. All part of the process. But That's awesome, though. That's yeah. been like, I know that that's been a goal of yours, like, what, since I joined retired racehorse yeah like i feel like we like, finally have learned to manage the trauma like the anxiety seems to be gone like even her first day just being solo in the bar and she's like this is nice this is okay nice. and i'm like who is this horse did i grab the right horse from the field I'm well i mean sure. that just yeah that's <laughs> just like proving that it takes the time it takes people mm-hmm. like yeah they each one have the same timeline that we do <laughs> their own journeys. Um, I'm a high strung person too. So that probably doesn't help the situation, but no, very, very excited to get her started and get her going there. And um, just a really fabulous group of people at that barn too. So we didn't lose out on community because that's important when you have a boarding barn. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I yeah. talk to myself a lot because I'm the only person around my place. So listen, I've been there, done that. <laughs> I also listen to a lot of podcasts. So for all you listeners, thank you. We hope we're keeping you entertained. But I'm super excited for our lineup today because it's, you know, we've been on the makeover kick for a while and we're going to just dive into some different things. One I really like is one, it's a listener, but also it's something that everyone can take part of no matter what type of horse they have. So that's going to be fun to dive into. And I'm super excited to also talk to Chris Bennings because he is a talented writer. And I mean, we hear all you men out there who have asked for more men on this show. We're going to deliver. So it should be a good episode. We bring you Chris. (laughs) So it's going to be a great episode. But before we dive in, we're going to hear from our premier sponsor, Kentucky Performance Products. This Nutritional Minute is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. One of the most common mistakes seen in feeding programs is the underfeeding of commercial concentrates. Commercial concentrates are textured or pelleted feeds that provide energy, protein, vitamins, and minerals. Some common manufacturers are Triple Crown, Neutrina, Purina, you get the idea. Every commercial feed has a minimum amount you must feed in order to meet a horse's daily vitamin and mineral requirements. For most commercial concentrates, that level is somewhere between 4 to 6 pounds per day. A lot of horses will get too fat consuming feed at that level, so owners and barn managers feed less, and rightly so. It's not healthy for a horse to get too fat. 
However, if you are feeding less than the recommended minimum amount to your horse, you are not providing your horse with adequate nutrition. Microphase Vitamin and Mineral Supplement from Kentucky Performance Products can solve your problem. Microphase can be added to the diet as needed to fill in the nutritional gaps. Packed with nutrients but low in calories, you can adjust the feeding level of Microphase to meet your horse's requirements. Learn more about Microphase by visiting kppusa.com. Got questions about your feeding program? We can help. Email Karen at questions at kppusa.com or call us at 859-873-2974. Well, it's always a good day when we can be joined by a listener from the Horse Radio Network family. We have with us today, Melanie Miksovsky, who did something very cool recently, and she got to go to the Canter for a Cause at Pimlico, um, which is something super cool that I've always had on my bucket list and have never gotten to a track near me that's doing something like this. So, Melanie, we're super excited to learn more. Welcome to Retired Racehorse Radio. Thank you guys so much. So, yeah, tell us about this canter for a cause. You know, like, let's start from the scratch for listeners who are not familiar with this. What is it? Who puts it on? Who does it benefit? Who's it for? Sure. So, canter for a cause is held at the Pimlico Race Course in Baltimore, Maryland, and it benefits the Thoroughbred Aftercare Alliance. I think the cause changes from time to time, but that's been the cause for the last few years. And it gives us normal people a chance to go ride our horses on such a special racetrack and grounds. I love that normal people. Yeah. Like those of us who are not jockeys or exercise riders <laughs> <Exactly>. or <laughs> don't even nice. have a racehorse anymore, but <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So, and what horse did you take to do this? I took my horse Bay Hill Capella or his bar name is Pellers. Um, and he is a three quarter thoroughbred, one quarter Cleveland Bay cross. And um, took him. It was his first time on a racetrack, as far as I know, in his whole life. And he was amazing. And all the horses were so good. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. You always wonder, like, you know, because to me, I'm like, it looks like a runway. I don't know how, like, a normal, quote unquote, normal horse would see this. But, like, I also really don't know how my off-track thoroughbred would see that. If he'd be like, oh, yes. You know, and, like have a flashback. Right, yeah, or... <laughs> we had a little swerving going on, going past the grandstand, but nothing too crazy. And um, all the other horses I saw seemed to like just not, no pun intended, take it in stride, but they did. Nice. Oh, that's awesome. Cool. So like how fast are you allowed to go? Is fought, well, it depends on your group. So they have like four different groups that you can ride in. One is even just like a lead line group. So for the littles that, or or us, if we're just, no, I need help. I need someone to lead my my horse oh, around. Awesome. <laughs> um, you can do the lead line group. There's a walk trot group. There's a walk trot canter group. And then there's the walk trot canter gallop group. And the gist of it is you get two laps. The first lap is sort of a walk trot lap to warm your horse up, let them see everything, get your picture taken in the winter circle, all that fun stuff. And then you get to go however fast you want. So we were in the fast group. Um, and it was really fun. We weren't very fast, but we had a lot of fun. That's amazing. What I love most about this is it's really an event for anyone. Like we talk a lot about the the racehorses who've retired and we've talked to jockeys, we talked to people involved with it, but you don't, most people, the average rider is never going to get a chance to ride on a racetrack. And it's fun because 
you were mentioning there were several different types of horses. So I would love to know your perspective. Who is like the most impressive horse besides your own? Because we know we all have that bias. And who is the horse who are like, I would never have expected to see that on a racetrack? Oh, gosh. They might be the same group, actually. Um, There was a group of kids on ponies, and I guess they do pony racing, which I didn't even know was really like that big of a thing. And let me tell you, those kids smoked everyone. They were (laughs) so fast, and they're on these tiny, cute little ponies. And we were just like, could you imagine being like 10 years old and doing this? Gosh, the Uh, fearlessness. I miss that. Yeah, living the dream. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. How do you get that back? <laughs> right. Exactly. I mean, I was a little nervous. I was like, I don't know. My horse does have some racehorse blood. We might, you know, we might have a problem, but we did not. It was, um, it, the, I think the track does such a great job of managing the groups and putting people together that kind of belong together. And they have outriders everywhere to help you out if you are having trouble, they're right there. So it felt really safe, like a lot safer than I anticipated that it would. Mm, that's good to know. Yeah. yeah. In case someone's like, help. <laughs> I need yeah, assist. I mean, I yeah. I picture them being like, go ahead, go, you know, go die now. Um, <laughs> yeah. like, go, you know, go get, go get run into the ground. You'll be fine. Just hold on. Yeah, um, I'm like but the they lawyer's so wife cool. and me is really worried about the liability insurance there, but I, well, I'm sure that, they have that it worked out. <laughs> brings me to my next question: like how how do they decide who participates in it? Does it just buying a ticket and you you have your own consciousness and like sign your liability, or do they expect you to have a certain level of riding underneath you? They didn't really give you any like parameters, but yeah. So you buy a ticket and it benefits the reti- the thoroughbred aftercare alliance, which benefits retired racehorses. So you sign up for the group that you think you belong in. And then they I think they kind of assess you as you're coming along just to make sure you don't belong in the wrong group or that nothing's going to haywire. And then you have you get to go through the starting gate. Oh man. Just at a walk. That's not like fun. I'm like, oh, that's intense. <laughs> I feel like I couldn't take my horse to this. She'd be like, memories. Like, <laughs> right. Like, yeah. some horses definitely were like, oh, I know what we're doing. And some, you know, you could tell the ones that were off the track thoroughbreds, they absolutely were like, oh, yes, here we go. A good friend of mine was there on one of hers. And I mean, she was blazing fast. But she was prepared for that, or someone at least got the photo of her face. Like one of those things needed to happen. I have a video (laughs) of it. It's pretty impressive. It was was like, wow, we we went about a third that speed, maybe. (laughs) So, uh, but they have the guys, like the starting gate guys, there to help you in and out of the gate if your horse is having any trouble. And then you walk onto the track and you begin your warm up lap. And like I said, you get a nice long time to warm up and have fun, and then. It's down to business. I love oh, that. Cool. And I have to ask, how did you pick your outfits? Your photos are super fun. You like so, you look so yeah. happy. <laughs> <laughs> so it's always been kind of a pink themed um, event because it originally started as um, sort of a breast cancer fundraiser. And now, like I said, they they sort of changed the cause over the years to different things. So, but there's still very much an overwhelming pink theme. So a friend of mine who 
wanted to go, but doesn't have a horse trailer. She said, if you bring me, I'll buy you these pink breeches. So we all wore matching <laughs> pink breeches and everyone sort of picked their shirt and they give you a really cute saddle cloth to put on your horse and you get to keep it, which is really awesome. Um, and so we just all kind of were like, just pink's the theme. Just go with pink. You can never go wrong, right? Like it's always a safe theme. Just pink. It stands out. Yeah. I love it. I That's do love cool. it too. And like, you know, Pimlico is such a like neat historical track. Like mm-hmm. that's awesome that it's, you know, and I know like, like it only has the one boutique meet a year, you know, so it's not like a super active track, but it is like, it's just such a fixture in like Maryland racing. So that's really neat that you get to ride on, you know, where so much history is made on that track too. That's really cool. Absolutely. Yeah. And it, and it's, I don't know if people haven't been there. It's in the middle of the city. I mean, it is in the city. We had to park in a parking lot. You know, you were, usually you go to a horse show or you go somewhere and you're in a field somewhere. Mm-hmm. No, we were on pavement. And a friend of mine who is a retired racehorse trainer even said, she said, so now your horse left his hoof prints where Seabiscuit Secretariat Seattle Slough went. Yeah. And I was like, I didn't even think about that. Oh, my gosh. Like, that's. That's so cool. It was neat. so cool. <laughs> and that's, I mean, this is what I love about horse racing, right? Is like, you know, what, like I know some people to have a complicated relationship with horse racing, which is totally fine, but like you cannot deny the history of it, you know, and just like no. being in the presence of where so many amazing things happened is awesome. And getting to yeah. literally ride over it is so cool. Yeah. And even though, you know, my horse never raced, but his, his dam did and he wouldn't be here were it not for racing. Mm. Yeah, and I think that's a lot really of cool. can say that about our horses that have thoroughbred blood. Oh, Melanie, you have no idea how well that segues into our next guest today. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is like the unofficial theme of this episode. I love it. Or official yes. theme. At this point. <laughs> <laughs> but it it's what a great event. And how would how did you come across it? And how do you recommend people to find it if it's something that they want to do next year? So I originally, I think it came up on Facebook. So I would definitely recommend they have a Facebook page, follow them there. They'll post updates when the next one's coming up. I think they do these events, maybe it's one in the spring and one in the fall. Generally that could change. Um, but they're totally worth doing. Like I said, it was well-organized. We had a blast. I felt very safe and it was just absolutely so much fun. Oh, well, that's amazing. And thank you for sharing it with us. You know, while we're here for retired racers of all types, we're also here for all the riders who love racing, love the racehorses after, but in this situation, just want to have some fun to be a part of it in a very safe and good for a cause way. So Melanie, thank you again for joining us. We really appreciate it. Thank you, guys. I'm here with Tony from Cashel. You all know it from the ads you hear all the time on this show. But I, we're at the trade show, and this is the p- point of time in the year where we find out what's new coming out. So what's Cashel have new coming out? Oh, we've got a, a great lineup of uh, 32, 34 wool top pads. So t- describe them. Uh, five different colors, real vibrant, bright, sharp-looking pads. What, are the, what makes them different? Uh, well, it's the fill. The, the, the wool felt on the inside is a natural felt, and the fleece on the bottom is a 100% merino. Oh, really? Okay. 
So these are soft and squishy pads. Well, not real squishy, but soft, and, and they do absorb shock and, and saddle fit. What would they retail for? What are those? That's you about know? 119 That's the right price. Yeah. Anything else new with Cashel coming out? Oh, we've got uh, more saddle pads coming in the fall, a uh, new strap line coming in the fall. It's uh, a two-tone that looks great with a, a great buckle set on it. There's, we're always in development, so there's so many things, projects in the works. What's still your most popular product? Is it still always the same things year after year? Uh, fly. You bet. Yeah. Fly, fly that's protection what we all, is always it. That's how I knew you in the first place was fly. Fly masks. Yep. Yeah. Many years ago, uh, we were primarily fly masks and kind of had some tush cushions and a few odds and ends. Today, we've broadened that offering to saddlebags, uh, strap, head stalls, breast collars, bell boots, um, leg protection, and the, it continues to grow. Is there a place where somebody can go and see all the products? Uh, Cashelcompany.com will give you a good offering. There you go. Well, thank you, Tony. It's been fun seeing you again. Hey, thank you. Good to see you. Joy, I'm very excited for our next guest. I don't play favorites at the makeover, but Chris Bennings is one of my favorite people to hang out with at the makeover. He's just an all-around good egg, always has lovely horses, and he's here with us tonight to talk about two of his makeover prospects, uh, actually prospects graduates now, uh, Prince of New York and Mission Canyon. So Chris, welcome to Retired Racehorse Radio. Hi, everybody. Chris, we're super pumped. So our previous guest was just chatting about how her Cleveland Bay is out of was out of an off track thoroughbred mare. And she was just talking about like, there's so much thoroughbred in this horse. And I was like, huh, that's so cool that she mentioned that because Chris, you retired um, your horse Prince of New York, took him to the 2022 makeover. And now he's in your warm blood breeding program. So how did that happen? How did you get that way? So we we um we were in Florida and we moved to Kentucky and we thought there was a void of things to do. And we thought, let's start breeding because that'll be fun. Um, it's not. Um, and we originally started with the idea that we were going to breed um, fox hunting horses. So, you know, just get, you know, we're in Kentucky. So we're going to get some Clydesdale and Shire mares from the Amish and breed them to a thoroughbred and you know, it'll just be really easy. And then we had our old customers that were in Florida that had some really nice warm blood mares that we bought for them. And they asked to retire them here. And we just ended up with a handful of really nice warm blood mares. And we thought, well, what are we going to do with them? Because, you know, they were they were great horses and really good for us. And we knew their temperament and their, their body types and things. And we thought, well, instead of doing the Shire thing and, you know, we had these wonderful mares. So we, we thought, let's get a thoroughbred stallion and breed them to them. And we started looking and we ended up with Prince of New York and it's been wonderful ever since. And that's interesting because I think a lot of people maybe go the other way, you know, and they take mm -hmm. like their retired thoroughbred mare and breed that to a warm blood stallion. So you guys went kind of the other way because you started with nice warm blood mares. But why bring thoroughbred in? Why not just like breed to another nice warm blood stallion? Because I'm sure there's no shortage of those. <laughs> not well, having looked yeah, around, it, but. Well, and oddly enough, it, it was easier to pick an off the track stallion than it was to find a warm blood stallion and we looked at so many videos and there's just a million great 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 
stallions out there and, and you kind of get a little bit twisted in your head. And I thought I want to do this on my own. And the warm blood mares that we had, they were because I'm, I'm a thoroughbred person. They were a little bit hot and sensitive and smart and, and that type of warm blood. So they weren't, you know, the dumb blood type. They were a little bit quirky and, and, you know, I don't, I don't want to say hot, but they were sensitive. And I thought we need to refine the bone a little bit because they were big girls, but I wanted to add, you know, not, not more blood, but more sensibility and being a thoroughbred fan. I, I think a lot of the hotness that people say, and I'll put that in quotes, it it's not hotness. They're intelligent and they're athletes. And my mares were so good for me that I wanted to add not more talent because I, I don't think they could get any better, but I wanted to add a little bit of brains and sensibility and make them not huge. And anyone who knows me, I'm a big guy, so I'd need a big horse. But I, I think that really balanced out the idea that, you know, they were big enough, but I wanted I wanted a smarter horse, a more athletic horse. They had all the power in the world. And that's why I wanted a thoroughbred stallion. I love that. I love that. Like mm-hmm. you've pinpointed that it's not them just being hot, that it's, yeah, they're smart. That's why I think like, you know, we call them a horseman's horse, right? Like you have to not be smarter than your thoroughbred, but you actually just have to be ready to kind of play ball with them <laughs> like <Yeah>. mentally <laughs> for sure. Well, I, I think some of the, the misnomers that people get like a, a thoroughbred horse, a racehorse, it's just a horse. They train it to be a racehorse. But I mean, some of the laziest horses I have, they're thoroughbreds and like, they just love to be kicked in the ribs and just beg <laughs> to go along. Like They're not crazy. They're just athletic and it's what you ask them to do and what you train them to do. So I think when you take them off the track and you just let them be a horse, you can start from scratch and really, you know, develop the horse that you want. Yeah. And that's what I think was really interesting is that like, you know, you could have just gotten your thoroughbred stallion and been like all right confirmationally and intelligence this is what i want Mm -hmm. and instead you took him to the makeover for his first year and i have to mention that right now in the land of tiktok which are you on tiktok chris no i it I have enough distractions in okay. life. And if <laughs> right. I yeah. Sign up for that. I'll never get anything done. Say, say no to drugs, Chris. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So just stay away. <laughs> well, okay. I'll admit I am only on TikTok as the Retired Racehorse Project and like slightly under duress, but I'm being a good sport and I'm doing the thing and I'm feeding the TikToks and it's fine. But there is like this giant Facebook drama going on or Facebook TikTok drama going on right now about whether or not people should be allowed to bring stallions to the makeover. And all I want to do is just be like, have you met Prince of New York? Because he was so good. Like he was such a model citizen well, at the makeover. And you and I didn't even know so you could bring him. Like that was news to me that you could bring a stallion to the makeover. Yes, you can. And if people did it like Chris did it every time, we'd never have any problems. And like, and we haven't had any problems. Like, <laughs> I was like, what happened? <laughs> no, no. Like, I know that makes it sound like there was drama. There was no, there was no stallion drama. There just happens to be drama around a video of a stallion that was at the makeover this last year. But regardless, like, I mean, you handled him so well and produced him so nicely as a sport horse too, that like, I mean, that was like, if there was a person to champion as like why you could bring a stallion to the makeover, like Prince of New York was it. And you, Chris, I mean, he didn't do it on his own. You were there too. So 
Well, and, and I think if you if you know me at all, I would be the worst person to bring a stallion because I am nervous all the time and I'm <laughs> paranoid to a fault. So it really that that was, you know, I'm 40 years old ish, might be a couple of years. I don't know. I'm old. <laughs> and I learned that year and it really helped me this year because you know, I've come to the makeover a bunch of times, you know, majorly unprepared, partly because being in Florida and the weather and, you know, it was really, it was our vacation. We just, just wanted to come to the horse show and get away. But with Prince, I really had to learn. Um, we bought him the year before. I think we got him in March or April and I wanted to take him the original year. And I wrote him once and I went, this is just not going to be good. Like we are not going to make it. And we let him go the next year. We just turned him out and bred him because that was a great idea. Like I was nervous with the stallion. So let's breed it and bring it back the next year. And he really taught me not to worry about the showing. He, he didn't, I think we did one horse show, but he taught me to be able to tell the horse it's you and I, no matter where we go. There's lots of distractions as a stallion, just walking him around the showgrounds. I was worried, you know, is my halter going to break? Is my lead rope going to break? Is my girth going to break? Are my reins going to break? It's a lot of leather. Leather breaks. That's great. It's safe. But if a stallion gets loose, you know, that's terrifying. So being that he was a stallion that bred and he's such a good boy. I had a couple times at the farm that my lead shank broke and, and, you know, we'd look at each other and I was like, okay, I'm just going to grab your halter and we'll walk back in the barn. And we, we both <laughs> were nervous. Um, you know, so I had that in the back of my head with anywhere I would take him. And when you go to a horse show, everyone assumes that the horses are good and you're going to behave. And I had to really figure out when I take him someplace, he needs to be in tune with me. And it's just he and I, no matter who walks by gallops by everyone's having their own issues. And that was the majority of my training for him. It wasn't jumping and showing and all the sorts of things. It was like, can he and I just hang out together wherever we go? And that's really what made the success for us. I mean, I knew he could jump and he's a beautiful horse and he's a beautiful mover, but could he and I just hang out in the covered, in the, you know, in the Claiborne, in the Stonely and just be he and I, you know, for a minute. Hmm. that's like that's such a refreshing way though to think about like that horse human relationship and yeah i feel like if everybody's sort of adopted that like for the makeover or for anything you know like can you just hang out with your horse and yeah i mean it it, yeah and i think that's been a lot of my success at the makeover like i learned on friday you know when it's the schooling day going into the final everybody else is in the cupboard and they're riding and riding and schooling and lead changes and sitting and spinning and doing whatever they do. And, you know, with Prince, like I was just like, I have to get in there so he can see it. And we just walked around the outside and I showed him the signs and the people and he stopped in, you know, gave kisses and, you know, might've bitten a couple of people. I don't know, but they haven't (laughs) complained. So I'm sure it's fine. But we just, you know, we got comfortable with the surrounding. And and my big thing was, can you and I come in here and just be together and not worry about the jumbotron and not worry about the people talking and the dogs barking and, 
And that was really, really important. So when we went in, I, I literally trotted in the ring and he was like, so oh, this is awesome. Like we're on stage. And I looked up at the Jumbo Tron and, you know, I'm like, Oh, look, that's me. And I was like, Oh God, focus. Fence one's coming. You know, it was, <laughs> it was a lot. <laughs> I wonder if we asked him, like, he was probably like, Oh, I had to take Chris in there and let Chris look around. And then I knew Chris would be fine. I get the horse's commentary. Uh, <laughs> totally. <laughs> like, God, he he would absolutely be there. And, and I did the same program with, with mission that I had this year. And, he has come back. He's so arrogant. He knows that he won. <laughs> he loves it. And I, I don't, it, it's a lot. Like, but did you give him like so a funny. lot of like praise and all the compliments? Like, did you feed his ego, Chris? Absolutely not. I was like, don't kill me. <laughs> don't no, kill I've me. seen how many mints you give your animals. That thing was running well, on mints the entire weekend. It was running on mints. Right. <laughs> Everybody, everybody needs to be paid. And I, and I agree. No one wants to work for free. So, you know, he gets lots of treats and he's, you know, a lovely animal, but he literally came back from the makeover and he knows that he won and he oh thinks gosh. he is absolutely fabulous. Oh yeah. I he's love so it. Bad. I love it. Well, let, let's go back to this original mission that you were looking for the right stallion to add to your program. Cause I'm assuming that came before saying, I want to take a stallion to the makeover. What stood out about him that made you go, this is the one, this is the one I want to risk my life with. So I, we, we saw a Facebook post on, um, I think it was like OTTP connect or something. And it was, it was a girl that we'd been following. Her name's Ashley Lilly and she's got lovely horses and she had a stallion up. I loved it. I think he was black. He was, he was just gorgeous. And, and we messaged her and she was like, look, he's a little bit studdish. Like he's not, you know, I don't know how much fun you're going to have with him. And it was like, okay. And, and, and she's like, but I just got this new one in. And I rode him a couple times and, and he's really cool. And she sent me a video and I'm like, sold. Um, it was in an indoor in winter, not the greatest pixels. I mean, you know, you could tell he was bay and whatever, and he, he moved well. And so we bought him and I don't usually buy my horses because I'm a horse trainer and I'm poor. Um, so we actually bought this one and he shipped down and the shipper actually calls us when he's about an hour at, he's like, have you, have you seen this horse? And we're like, no. And I'm like, Oh God, this is not going to be good. And he was like, he is gorgeous and he's classy and he's lovely. And I was like, great. And he just walked up the trailer and I mean, my eyeballs just about fell out of my, he was just the most gorgeous thing. And he knew it, but he has such a kind eye. Like he wants to be a good boy. Hmm. And and I just I, I just fell in love immediately. I love that, and I get that. That's how I ended up with my horse too. It's like the I can tell you everything you need to know about a horse some days, and how they're how they're going to perform, their personality. So I love you. Trusted your gut on that. It was it was a lot of probably vodka and Facebook. Listen, was what good. goes into your gut? <laughs> I don't care about Chris, but you trusted it. <laughs> So no, I mean, Ash, <laughs> Ashley was great. And, and when she, she told me absolutely everything. And when he showed up, he was, he was a hundred times more than it. Oh, amazing. So what's he been like since the makeover? You've, you've, I'm assuming you've gotten some foals out of him. Are they performing yet? Are they still growing up? Like, where are you at with that? Uh, we have one yearling 
Um, and then we have three uh, weanlings. Oh, um, we had, yeah, we had, we were supposed to have five. One was born a month premature. She had a twisted umbilical cord. Mm. Um, so that was sad. And then um, we had another one. He, he was probably our best one. And unfortunately, we had a light storm and the transformer broke across the road and it, it, they think it gave him a heart attack so he passed so breeding's fun and it's also awful but mm-hmm. the 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 one the first one that we had that's a yearling she is out of a grand prix mare a warm blood mare who everyone called jaws she's absolutely <laughs> hates people um very people aggressive <laughs> And this foal is the sweetest thing on the planet. If you walk Aww. out in the field, you know, she was our first foal. So I'd walk in the stall and I'd give her kisses on the nose, and that's just what I do. And if you walk out in the field now, I mean, she will molest your face. It's, it's a little bit overkill. <laughs> she has the kindest personality. She's so sweet. Um, and then the three weanlings that we have, we just wean them right after the makeover. Cause I was like, I, I can't deal with all the screaming before we go. And there's two warm blood mares and then a full thoroughbred. And they are the same. They're just the sweetest, kindest, like the best personality. We have them in the backyard. And, you know, when you just walk outside, you know, they come running over. Or if you're you're cooking at the stove, they come and put their noses on the window. It's it's phenomenal. But <laughs> they they really they're so smart. I mean, you you can call them each by name. They come over. And, and they're all from very different type mares. I mean, the one, she was a racehorse and he, his name is Ponzi Scheme and he is the cutest thing on the planet. <laughs> an excellent name. It is a great name. Well, dad's Prince in New York and his mom's name is Investment in Invite. So it kind of, he kind of named himself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then the two, the two Warmblood mares and funny enough, so we have, you know, in Kentucky, we have the four board fencing. So, I mean, it's probably about five foot high. All three of them have jumped out. Oh, I mean, we'll, oh. we'll find them in, in different paddocks. I mean, <laughs> one was in the middle. We'd gone out riding. So they're and, prodigies. You know, one... It sounds great. <laughs> yeah, they're yes. ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I knew I, I had a feeling that he was producing good jumpers when the full thoroughbred was standing in my driveway and there were no broken boards. And he was like, hey, you know, where are you guys going? <laughs> <laughs> I'll come to hey, Uncle Chris. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's like a solid five foot fence and it's not like coyotes were chasing him or anything. He was just like, I'm out, you know. Hello. Oh gosh. Yeah, good luck with them. <laughs> yeah. So they're all I want your anxiety jump. meds. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> we're in Kentucky. It's just like, own. oh well, there's another loose horse. You know, it might be a baby and mom's freaking out, but you know, the baby's like, Oh, this is fun. I've never been on this side of the fence. Jeez. <laughs> so do you have plans to, you know, keep training with Prince and develop him? Or is he going to pretty much like strictly stay as a breeding stallion? Like how easy is it to do both? It, well, we've never really gotten that far. So every year I've done the make, I mean, the, you know, I travel all over the country showing and, and my students, they're wonderful. But for me, you know, the makeover is my horse show. And I, I really like it. And we've always sold the horses after so I can start the next one. 
with him, I planned on showing him and and really promoting him and and doing all that sort of thing. And then after the makeover, it got cold and I don't like cold. And then I got Mission Canyon and I was like, well, I need to, I have to start you like you're, you're special. So at some point, I mean, I think we're up to like 50 horses now. So at some point I'll get to ride them all, but right now he just breeds and, you know, and I'll, I'll hop on him every now and again, but he just, you know, he, he's like the king of the farm and, and he knows his job and come springtime, he gets really excited. And, and the rest of the time, like he just wants to hang out and, and, you know, get brushed and, and he just, you know, he's a little bit like me. And I think that's why we really, you know, got along well, like he likes to perform, but he's, he's really kind of lazy. Oh, me too. And his name is. Yeah. Now, and okay, last time we talked about him, because I, you know, interviewed you for last year's magazine after the makeover, you were still just referring to him as Prince of New York. And I noticed now it's Prince, which means you didn't take my suggestion of calling him by his initials, which was Pony. Right. So when we first got him, (laughs) we were going to call him. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So in the beginning, when we first got him, we thought the perfect acronym would be Pony. But I'm like, I can't be a grown man. With a stallion called Pony, like well, gotta, okay. You know, I mean, you could have called him like Pony and, Boy. It could have been kind of fun. Yeah. Hey, Lou, is that it better? Doesn't that's not any? Yeah, that's not any. <laughs> no, it's still cringy, and you would have been judged on the internet. But at least had a cultural <laughs> reference. <laughs> yeah. So now we've and, and the other problem with you know just calling him Prince was you know there's a million of them, and I don't like any of them. So everybody has a Prince, and you know, but. So most of our most of our racehorses, we try and just keep their names like Mission. We call Mission Canyon, and you know, the longer they hang out, their names get shorter. So now, now, now he's Prince. He's so Prince. next year you'll have Mish. He'll be Mish by next right. year. Then here, right? Yes. Year so. probably. Who is yeah. very cute? Yeah, I saw him from down the barn aisle and was like, "What is this cute pony?" And then Chris popped out and was like, "He bites." So yeah, thank you for <laughs> <He's>, that warning. <laughs> He he looks like a little donut. He's so cute. He's so fat, and he's got this cute little oh. head. And he, but he's very talented. I nice love time. that. I love that. And you mentioned that he was going to be one that you were thinking of keeping and continuing to produce. You know, to see where where he could go. Right, the twenty twenty three horse. Yeah, af- yeah. After I won, yeah, but going in, no, <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> I had I had no idea. So. Celia, you know, my wife, she'd, she'd gone through three makeover horses. And the first one we got, we decided to breed. We got another one. He popped a splint. And then we had this 10-year-old that came in who's he's just, you know, just wonderful horse. So towards the end, I think we got him in June. So we're like, we got to get him up to snuff and, and get going. So with all the jumps were always outside really low. And, you know, she was bouncing off the rails and things and, you know, trying to hang on and I'm trying to help her. And so I never had any videos of mission Canyon. So I had no idea what he looked like and how wonderful he was. And we'd gone to a local horse show and I, I schooled in the evening and it, it was really weird. He would jump and, you know, land hind feet first and then take off bucking. And I was like, well, this is not good. Um, and then we, yeah, it was, yeah. It was special. Um, and then we went to the park one day over at um, 
uh, Masterson station, who's, you know, it's not too far from us. And we kind of just had a little trail ride and I went back to the local show when they weren't showing and just kind of popped around and I went, okay, you know, two, six looks really big. You got to get it going. Cause I was trying to help Celia with the small jumps and get her horse ready. And I just wasn't really worried about mission. And then, you know, we went to the horse show and I went, Oh God, we're so the last couple of weeks, I really, you know, put the jumps up and got him going and we got to the makeover and he was absolutely phenomenal the first couple of days. And then we went in for the final and I had an awful warm up. Absolutely awful. The, the, one of my students, she braids for us and she was there and, and we were walking to the warm up ring and she just looks at me. Oh, and I looked at her and I went, Oh, oh. Like we're walking way too fast. This is not good. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. And then he he went in and and you know jumped around just absolutely amazing and and just kind of that same thing that Prince did. Like he just walked in, he loved it. He was completely showing off. But I I came out of the ring and you know Celia's over there and she's smiling and my stepdaughter Natalie was there and she's smiling and we're all really excited. And I looked at him and I said, you know, after fence one, I thought he was going to buck me off. And they both look at me and go, we thought you were dead. Done. <laughs> he jumped it so crew. good. Yeah, no. I, well, that I mean, you know, that I think why we're happily married, and you know, because you know, it's all yeah. about honesty. And she was like, "Yeah, I thought you were dead." Yeah, I was calling the insurance company. It was fine. <laughs> I love, but he just. Like I mean, house. yeah. I mean, he just he went in and and he just performed. And I watched the video back and. I just I couldn't believe how how lovely he looked. It it didn't feel at all how it looked. Hmm. But yeah, because it, it looked it worked stunning. out really well I mean, for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it was a beautiful trip because I remember watching. No, it, and I was it, like, oh yeah, no one's gonna beat that. That was amazing. So yeah, if you could have heard what was going on in my head, there would have been a lot of bleep on your phone <laughs> right now. Like, <laughs> but he yeah. just you know, and and I think it I think it's that program of. You know, I go in on Friday and, you know, we'll, we'll have the vet out and they do a little chiropractic or massage or acupuncture and just let them chill on Friday. And then they go in and, you know, it was, the, yeah, I took that same idea that I had with Prince of just you and I, we need to hang out. We need to, you know, we, he, he, he's never shown before the makeover. That was his very first horse show. We'd been to horse shows to school twice or once. And then we went to the park once and then we came back to that place, you know, when they weren't showing, but that was his first time in the ring. He'd never done a flat class. He'd never been in the ring with 12 horses, but I just kind of adopted the idea that I had with Prince in New York that, you know, it's just you and I, like, we're just going to hang out and do whatever. And, you know, if we trot around in circles, you're going to get heavily rewarded if you don't kill me. Mm. Well, and I think what's key there is that like, you are still doing the off property trips. Like, you know, we emphasize for makeover trainers, like you've got to get, and this applies to anybody, whether you're going to the makeover or you're just trying to get, you know, your horse like fit to go out in public, like you've got to go out and do the thing, but you don't have to compete in the thing, but you need that relationship off property and on property. So I think that's, what's really key. It's not like Chris sitting here telling everybody like, you don't have to go to horse shows. So you can just go to the makeover. Like, no, that's not the takeaway message here. (laughs) Yeah. Well, (laughs) and and the very... Yeah, the very first year we came, I had this amazing horse and, you know, being in Florida, everything's flat. And we got to the, the horse park and he'd never seen a hill. Oh dear. So I'm standing at the Claiborne and he's like, oh my gosh, someone's on top of me. 
the field hunters are going down there. And I went as fast as that racehorse has ever gone in his life back to the barn before I could stop. Oh dear. Yeah. Right before we went in. Then um, the next year, you know, we had a hurricane and I couldn't ride the horse for a month and we came up and this, this was a wash, but I trotted in the ring. My fake tail fell out. And that wow. was the year that they had um, the driving championships. And here come four Frisians with this beautiful, shiny carriage trotting down the lane. And I'm like, oh, this is the end of me. Mm-hmm. You know, the Frisians weren't the problem, but the fake tail at the end gate, that was, that was not. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> you know, so I just kind of learned like, it's not, you know, it's the venue and it, it, it's not the jumps. It's not the flower boxes. It's not the crowd, but can you, you know, just teach your horse. It, it's you and me in this moment. And, and that, that was a big learning experience for me you know, at 40 years old, I'm not going to go higher than that. It's going to say 40. <laughs> that's excellent though. And I think that's, I mean, that's like the greatest takeaway for anybody, you know, listening, like no matter what we're doing with our horses, whether we're barrel racing, ranch work, dressage, we don't show, we just trail ride, like anything mm. It's all on that relationship building. So yeah, cool. It, it doesn't matter if you can just for that two minutes, you're in the ring. If you can just pull them in and say, hey, it's you and me, let's just go do what we do. And then we'll go back to the barn, get a bath, have some treats. It's all good. I, I think that's the winning key. I love that. Because there's so many nice horses. When you sit there and watch, there's so many nice horses that maybe need another month, another week, another day, you know, just to settle in. If you can just get your horse to settle in to you and then do what you do. And, and then if that's all it is, you can fine-tune it later on they've got years to learn that afterward for you know for the makeover that one horse show that one moment that you've been working a year for but can you just you know chill for two minutes and just hang out and do what you do Mm -hmm. i love that i mean now need to figure out how to apply that to everything i do so thanks for that chris (laughs) yeah you're welcome (laughs) chris where can people follow along for the adventures of Mission Canyon or Prince of New York. Do you have a website or social media where folks can follow? I have a Facebook. I'm really not very good at it, but um, Celia Bennings, my wife, she posts a lot more than I do. You know, they, they're on there and, and, you know, hanging out and getting pictures and you can see the babies. We haven't really promoted Prince of New York so much, you know, as a breeding stallion because we wanted to get the stock so people can see this is what we have, you know, so the, mm-hmm. the two years that we've done it, I mean, we've had pretty much every color we've had buckskin with four white stockings in a blaze chestnut with Chrome plain Bay. We've got one black Philly with a big white star. I mean, there's, you know, he wanted to be able to prove, you know, while he doesn't have an illustrious Olympic career, you know, he's, he's really proven with a thick, warm blood, a thin, warm blood, a full thoroughbred, um, all those sorts of things. And, and this is what you can get. So we've, we've got color. Um, the personalities are off the charts, just the sweetest, loveliest creatures ever. And, and it doesn't matter really what you breed to. It can be thoroughbred, warm blood, mean, angry. They all just come out goofy, happy, lucky, you know, babies that around five o'clock at night, they get the zoomies and fly in and out of trees and put on a show. It's really exciting. <laughs> oh, perfect. What more can you possibly ask for? <laughs> Well, Chris, thank you so much for joining us today. That was a really fun conversation um, and some really interesting insight into adding thoroughbreds to warm blood programs and how you can carefully take a stallion to the makeover. So Chris, thanks very much for joining us today. 
Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Train with top hunter, jumper, and eventing professionals anytime, anywhere with Practical Horseman On Demand. Your membership gives you access to hundreds of how-to training videos taught by top-level hunter, jumper, equitation, and eventing pros, exclusive interviews and lectures, slow-motion demonstrations, insider access to private clinics and lessons, and step-by-step tutorials. New content is always being rolled out, so there are always new videos available on the topics important to you. Join now for just $24.99 a month and take your training to the next level with Practical Horseman On Demand. Even under the best circumstances, travel is stressful for horses. We've all been there, stuck on the side of the road in the middle of nowhere. You can make the journey knowing that U.S. Rider is there for you. Get peace of mind on the road with U.S. Rider's nationwide 24-7 roadside assistance coverage for both you and your horse. Join today at usrider.org. It is our favorite time of the show where we get to catch up with new vocations. And we have with us today, Winnie Morgan Nemeth from the standard bread side of new vocations. Welcome back, Winnie. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. I feel like it's been ages for some reason since we've gotten to talk to you last. So, um, and I have a bit of a training question and I will admit that this comes from a place of somewhat like standard bread racing ignorance. So hopefully listeners don't come at me. Um, You know, if you're just watching a standard bread race and you don't really know what all is going into it, I am sure it's much more nuanced than it looks. But to me, watching these drivers and those tiny little race bikes, they either have like abs of steel, or it also looks like they're just sort of like balanced on the reins. And maybe the truth is somewhere in the middle. I don't know. Um, But I would love to know like, A, how that works, (laughs) because Mm -hmm. those dudes look super strong. And then B, how does that translate when you're introducing, you know, like bit pressure for the first time for standard breads when you're starting them under saddle? Yes. Yeah, that's a very good question. So let's start with the driver's position that you're talking about. In terms of them probably leaning back, you notice that uh, a lot of times you'll see in wind pictures and or if you're at the races, you'll see them leaning back. And it looks like, yeah, they're either, maybe they're pulling on the horse or balance, like you said, really good core strength. Um, The seat of their race bike also does come up a little bit high. So they do have a little balance there, but what they do that. So basically to make the horse go faster and to be like aerodynamic. And so as their weight is tipped back, it kind of gives the race bike goes up a little bit. And as they're back again with the wind, if you're coming down the stretch, that wind just makes them more aerodynamic and hopefully makes them go faster. But oh, a lot yeah. of times, you know, sometimes you can tell if they're taking a hold of a horse because uh, sometimes when they go, they just, they're on the, they say on the bit um, where that horse learns to press against the bit. Um, but a lot of times when you see them, like, and they're coming home and like, say, we'll just say the horse that's winning, uh, they're not holding that horse back because normally by that time you're pushing them forward. Right. So uh, a lot of the horses, if you've ever driven one, I'm always surprised how light they are in the bridle, like extremely light in the bridle. And um, I certainly haven't gone as fast as like some of these great races that just happened. I just finished attending the Breeders Crown at Hoosier Park in Indiana. So I have not jogged a horse that fast and I have not been in a race bike in my entire life, but I have jogged enough horses to know 
they are taught, yes, to press against the bit, but they're very, very light. So when you see them leaning back, they're not holding the horse back by any means. They're kind of getting them to go. That makes sense. Forward. That's super cool. And it, it looks like almost scary, you know, like to be getting yourself in that aerodynamic kind of position, you know, and at those kinds of speeds, that's impressive. So we definitely need to have a, um, we need to have a driver on at some point mm-hmm. just to chat cool. about like what that process is like, because it looks really exhilarating, but also a little scary. So <laughs> <laughs> no, that would, that's a, that's a great idea to have a driver's perspective. They can share a lot yeah. more about that than I can. Um, but to answer then your second question, how does that transition to them? under saddle um, and like the bit pressure, because a lot of times people say, well, if I pull back, are they just going to go forward and run right through the bit? Because that's what they were taught to do. And no, they don't. And I'm one thing I know that my new vocations trainers all tell me is most of the horses are extremely light in the bridle, which is what I found when I was jogging horses, that it's, it's unbelievable how light they are in the bridle. Um, now, certainly some, you will have some heavy uh, horses that might pull and not listen or anything. But for the most part, you just have to teach them. They do know the voice commands very well. And you just have to teach them what you're asking them to do and teach them to bend and learn to give to the bit is basically what they learn to do. And they transition that way fairly easily. I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. Cause it looks like such a different, you know, way of working with horses, you know, to drive, especially to drive at speed and then to translate that to riding. So yeah, that is really neat. Cool. Yeah. yeah thanks. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to sound like a dummy, but uh, no. I'll go ahead and put no, myself no. out there. I, I have don't the same curiosities, <laughs> same curiosities, but you know who I'm also curious about is our adoptable horse. Cause I'm like, is he like the bit? Cause he is a muscular dude. Can we talk about held in balance? Sure. So held in balance is a very uh, pretty trotter. He's a 2010. Um, he stands about 52 and he is pretty light in the bridle. Um, he's just been, he's, he's very well put together. He's also very kind. A side note is that this horse trained most of his life at the county fairgrounds that my family has trained at for five generations. Oh, wow. So uh, when I got the call from his trainer, uh, I was so excited because I'm like, I know where he came from. <laughs> um, but he's just been a super nice guy. He does have, uh, just because he's raced, he raced 280 starts. Um, he is a horse that's going to have to have shoes on, but maybe not forever. But right now we found he goes best in shoes and um, he's probably going to be more of a, you know, light riding, trail riding, companion type horse. Um, but he is gorgeous he is he's really stunning he's got that big horse presence Mm -hmm. um he looks like yeah he has that nice warm blood look i love this video i've watched this video like four times now in a row where the cat comes out in front of him and (laughs) bridget the trainer just stops him and he's like okay cat and the cat then of course doesn't go out the door and it just wanders along in front of him and he doesn't care yeah it's like a really cool dude he is. He's he's really special. He's he's really pretty. He has dapples when he sheds out. He's just just a great all around sweet guy. I was gonna say it's it's just it's cool that you have that like long standing connection, you know, to like know where he came from and the you know what he's seen and done. So that's really cool. Yeah, that's it almost really feels cool. a little homebred in a way. 
I know. Yeah, he was um, read in, in Kentucky by a top, top reader. He is very well read. Um, his hair is Ali Victor, but he, said he is a trotter for people looking for trotters. And in this video, he offers a little canner too. Like, you know, mm -hmm. he, there's a couple that doesn't look like the canner is going to be very hard for him. So for. Right. We don't think so. No, yeah. he's, he's been, he's been a lot of fun. Nice. Yes. I love that he's built a little bit more uphill. So I think as a dressage person, that's the thing that I always look for. Like how easy is it going to be for him to sit back and get some of those tighter movements as he goes up the levels. But I think overall he would make a really nice lower level prospect and be easy to bring along and you know i always say the sky's the limit once you start giving them a job they'll they'll let you know how far they want to really take it but he looks amateur friendly i don't know if he's junior friendly with a trainer but i based on his personality i would give that a safe bet too i would think so. i think in the right hands he would he would do great um, Absolutely. Well, and he's a great height. He's 16 hands, which I always say between 15 and 16 is a sweet spot for anybody. And you'll never look too small and you'll never look too big on him. And he's under a thousand dollars adoption fee, y'all. Like he's practically free, which we all love that. When you're telling your horsey partner you've you've applied, put him in the trailer, put him in the cart, they can't get mad when he's practically free. So if you're interested, make sure to get your applications in at horseadoption.com. Check him out if you're looking for a standard bread. Again, it's held in balance, um, but there's plenty of others too, although they go like hotcakes. So you don't want to delay if you're looking for a new horse this holiday season. Winnie, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it as always and can't wait to have you till next time. Thank you guys for having me. You can find our show notes and links to today's guests on the website at horseradionetwork.com. Like us on Facebook and Instagram. We have a lot of fun there. Just search for Retired Racehorse Radio. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. You can find me on Instagram at The Horseback Writer and on Twitter at Kristen Kovach. My email is kbendley at the rrp.org. You can find me on Instagram at MissFitMare, and my email is joy at horseradionetwork.com. Thank you to our sponsors, Kentucky Performance Products and Cashel Company, and to our partners, New Vocations, Adoption Program, and the Retired Racehorse Project. And don't forget to check out all the other shows on Horse Radio Network, part of Equine Network, at horseradionetwork.com. Remember to set your goals high and love to learn from every ride. And add more leg. Bye, guys. Bye.